Hey, it's Nick Walters again with the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest podcast brought to you by the National Hemp Growers Cooperative. And once again, we are just tickled slapped to death to have a real live uh, a superstar um, in the hemp industry uh, on our as our guest today. Um, Eric Herlock is uh, right here amongst us here from Pennsylvania and at chief writer of hemp of all things at, at, at Lancaster Farming and a guy who's got a real live podcast, not like mine, right? I mean, that is uh, really in that podcasting business. Eric, thank you, man, for spending time with us today. Hey, Nick, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Absolutely. You, you know, that we, we, we are very um, uh, discerning on who we let be a second guest, you know, on the, on the old podcast. So, uh, it's, uh, we either, we caught you at a weak moment or you realize that, you know, how important it is to us that you get to be uh, a guest number two. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's important to me. It's uh, always great to talk to you, Nick. Well, we always enjoy it. Look, part of what we wanted to, uh, learn about, and we've talked about in your previous episode when we talked about your hemp aha moments and things like that, we tend to go over. But um, I think in the interest of our conversation, we'll let folks go back and, and listen to that previous episode uh, to get some good background. Instead. If they have time, it was a long episode. I it was, was a, a good one. It, no, no, it was a, it was a, it was a, a, a thorough one. How about that? It was very thorough and very helpful. Part of what, um, Tell us a little bit about Lancaster Farming and and what that newspaper periodical and efforts are there, what your role is to, as a way of quick intro for that. And then um, we really wanted to talk about just kind of the end of the year. You know, you interview folks every week and you've got folks from across the country um, that 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 uh, are involved in the industry. And we'd love to just think about your kind of highlights or some of the some of the ones that jump out to you from interviews that you that you did this past year well yeah sure um so lancaster farming newspaper is in my opinion the greatest agricultural newspaper in the world heck yeah Um, we've been publishing it here in pennsylvania since 1955 you know so generations of farmers in pennsylvania and the northeast have been reading our newspaper counting on us for news market reports classifieds you know if you're looking for something, you can find it in Lancaster Farming newspaper. Um, we're a weekly paper, uh, comes out on Saturdays. Um, and yeah, so my role there started as the digital editor. So I was, you know, doing the websites and some of the social media stuff. And a few years ago, um, you were looking for sort of new avenues to reach new audiences. And I said, hey, how about we do a podcast? And they were, you know, they're like, well, <laughs> it was sort of a new new technology for the folks at Lancaster Farming because, uh, you know, we're in print, right? So sure, like everything's right. focused on print. Um, you know, you a third of our readers are, you know, from the plain communities, you know, the Amish and the Mennonites. So uh, for for us, it's like a point of pride that we are their, their source of news and uh, agricultural news um, because they read our paper. They don't go to our website. Anyway, so I'm getting off topic there. Uh, so I was managing the websites. They asked, you know, some new avenues to reach audiences. I suggested a podcast. So I went ahead with that. And I thought I would talk about industrial hemp for a, the first few episodes, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, in the in the beginning, it was the Lancaster Farming podcast. And I was going to explore different, you know, topics in agriculture. Sure. But I was so captivated by industrial hemp. And I realized it was such 
just an important topic with so much potential, you know, so much potential to change the world, to help solve a lot of problems. Because look, you look around and the world has lots of problems. And I think we can farm our way out of a lot of these problems, right? You know, you look at uh, the climate crisis. Right. Um, uh, You hear a lot about, you know, farmers being blamed for this. But I look at it like, no, uh, agriculture can be one of our greatest tools for, for climate change mitigation, right? We just have to do it right and we have to do it at scale. So I saw industrial hemp as just an amazing opportunity for agriculture. Right. So hemp to me is the symbol of what agriculture can do. So if we can bring this industry to scale, we can solve a lot of environmental issues, economic issues. You know, we can revitalize small town America, bring manufacturing back. There's just so much, you know, I can go. Look at that. Eric, you know, gone to preaching, as we like to say that. I mean, that's a year. You're on it. I'm actually I'm sitting on a soapbox now. (laughs) <laughs> um, anyway, so that it, it just captivated my uh, imagination. And, you know, the more I talked to people, the more I realized there was more people to talk to. And, you know, there it's fascinating to me to see an industry develop essentially out of nothing. Right. Right. You know, so we didn't have, um, you know, we lost like 80 years of you know crop development uh, through prohibition. And to me, it's like, it's a redemption story, right? And everybody mm. loves redemption story. There was this plant that was vilified back in the day. And look, it's going to possibly save us all. So to me, it's very exciting. Very um, cool. So I've been very publishing cool. that for about four years. You can find it at LancasterFarming.com and, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. Terrific. So that's a bit about, about what I do there. Uh, as a loyal listener, I, I would uh, would tell you, not only do I listen to see where we could poach folks that we could actually get on our podcast, but I learned so much about, you know, uh, different aspects of the of the industry. And people are really looking at, you know, they people get to look at the industry from various lenses and and um, about how that kind of really impacts them. And I think that's what's really cool about not only the industry, but also what you you highlight in uh, in the in the Lancaster Farming uh, Industrial Hemp Podcast or Hemp Podcast, I guess that's the way you like to call it, right? I like to call it the Lancaster Farming Industrial Hemp Podcast. That's what I would. That's what I call yeah. it. And right people on. are like, "Wait a minute, isn't that name too long? Or isn't there like a more clever name you could do?" And no, I just like to no. you know call it like it is. There you go. That's there you go. It that's it's the yeah. same same gig here. So, yeah. all right. So tell us. Um, Kind of in a retro look at at some of the guests and or or people that you followed or or um, news stories that you've seen uh, that you would call of interest uh, and highlights or maybe even some of Eric's favorites. Uh, even it doesn't mean it all has to be good news. It could be whatever <laughs> news it is that's news uh, about about what happened in the industry this uh, uh, last year. Yeah, well, I feel like there's a lot that's happened. Um... For me, like the big thing for this past year is how the conversation has changed a lot. You know, Mm. you go back a couple of years and everything was cannabinoids, everything was CBD. And, you know, we saw that sort of boom and bust cycle. Um, And originally that was a surprise to me. You know, in 2019, I was ready to talk about fiber, right? I wanted to make things. I, you know, I, I, I see this, you know, as an industrial solution. Uh, So, I'm happy to to see that, you know, the fiber and grain conversation is really, you know, 
ramping up. Um, so that's been good news. Um, for a long time, it was the Elliots out in Montana who had like the only real big processing center, but we're starting to see lots of new ones pop up here and there. Right. Um, the, uh, I'm not real good with everybody's names right now, but you know, there's stuff happening in Colorado. There's things in California down in, uh, I think Georgia, North Carolina, Texas. Um, I'm actually talking to, um, a guy by the name of Brian Wilson to on, uh, interview yeah. tomorrow. He's, um, getting something going down there, I think outside of Austin. Right. So there's just a lot of like positive movement towards building the the processing capacity, you know, and sounds like people are raising a lot of money to do this. And so I'm encouraged by that. So that's one of the things I see this year um, that Very I like. Cool. Um, I've talked to a, you know, a lot of people already this year. <laughs> Um, some of the highlights, you know, some of the neat things like the technology, you know, I talked to the guys at Mariposa technology and they've got mm -hmm. this, you know, I don't even pretend to understand how it works, but it's like you shoot a laser at your plants and it sends it to a satellite and then you get like real time testing information. That's, that's amazing. That's what we need. Isn't that cool? uh, and then, um, as far as testing goes, uh, there's a lot of talk of the, uh, industrial hemp exemption. Right. Right. Where that would sort of split the hemp industry between the cannabinoids on one side and the industrial stuff on the other, sort of making it easier for, you know, just farmers to grow hemp in with their other other things. You know, we're talking right. to a, a farmer out in Montana this summer who said, you know, I'm not growing hemp next year if I have to go get the, you know, the FBI background checks. And, you know, he feels like a criminal. And that's how we're treating our our fiber and grain growers, that's how we're treating everybody, having these background checks. And we're like, you, I don't know, the whole the whole thing with with uh, the high THC side of things. I mean, I'm I am pro cannabis in all forms, um, but I really want to see, you know, massive growth on the industrial side because exactly. like I said earlier, that's where the the, the world changing potential is. So the industrial hemp exemption, um, I hope they get that language in the 2023 farm bill. Um, that's just going to let farmers grow hemp, you know, without all of the hoops that they got to jump through now. So exactly. that's exciting. Huh. What else? Um, I'm just going to scroll through, uh, the issues, uh, the episodes from last year, see what we did. Well, don't you think some more of the diversity that we're seeing of, of folks that are <clears throat> coming on that really want to be able to use hemp more and more on their, on the end markets there, the increase in textiles, the increase of, of, of interest for hemp feed, uh, like what the, you know, the hemp feed coalition is doing more of this process and coming and people would be making this capital investment and moving things forward if they didn't understand ultimately they were going to make some money out of it. I think a lot of people see the potential here to make money from this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's still so early, right? Right. Um, but that's the good and the bad. Well. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the opportunity for people who want to get in, you know, right. this is a way for them to be able to get into it. And get into it now and you can help shape the industry rather than getting into a, an established industry and having to play by, you know, however it was set up before. This is a chance to to build something just brand new. No doubt. And thinking about where where the whole industry's come in a, in a mere four to five years, you know, of really being able to to move as well from a kind of the this is 
my two cents, but I mean, to move from folks that were strictly kind of in an advocacy role to say, here's how great the cannabis plant can be and here's what it can do. And don't don't you folks understand rah, 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 what it can do from moving it from there to saying, OK, well, how do we get stuff produced and get it on somebody's shelf? And how do we right. get it you know, put into, you know, moving not necessarily away from the advocacy thing, but adding to the industry those voices that all are trying to come around this one this one plant and right like backing up that advocacy with data right there you go like oh we say it does all of these things here's proof that here are some things that it does so it's nice to see that happening always good to back up your claims with data right (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing if you can get it right i mean you know that's uh you know uh particularly in this industry and i think just the fact that that the industry is about to turn the corner again in another uh, yet another year of moving forward right i mean that that if you go back and look at, at, at other crops or industries or markets or things like that that have tried to kind of come on to this onto the stage they just don't make it that long right mm-hmm. i mean i don't know that i have a you know a beta um vcr player around anywhere right i don't know that that you know i mean there i mean there are things that 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 are that definitely ages me but i mean just to 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 know that that you know we're still here and we're still moving i think that that that's that's a lot to be said for people in the marketplace who are kind of watching us from the mezzanine level yeah i love to see that you know so many universities have hemp programs now and there's this whole like young generation of people who are growing up and knowing that this is just a a normal crop and there's a lot that can be done with it and uh yeah they're they're we're gonna have a whole lot of smart people out there young smart people getting things done so that is exciting um i was talking to heather grab at cornell university a couple of Uh weeks ago and to hear about the programs there it's just it's so fascinating uh, to, you know, to see like, here's an Ivy League school getting in on, on hemp, you know, from the ground floor and doing amazing research and, uh, yeah, providing opportunity and connecting people. It's, it's fascinating to me. Very cool. Give us another couple of, uh, interviews or thoughts that you had that, um, were some things that you, uh, uh were of interest in that you did this past year. Yeah. Well, um, something I did this year for the first time was go to the NOCO Hemp Expo out in Colorado mm-hmm. back in March. Right. I had never been there before. Um, and that was eye-opening. I met lots of great people. You know, I was able to interview lots of great people there too. Um, you know, there's uh Morgan Kring, um, uh, Mar- I'm sorry, Marin Kring. Uh, she's a German journalist who, you know, wrote this amazing book called H's for Hemp. Yeah. She traveled all over the world, you know, sort of you know, doing what we're all doing, sort of advocating for the hemp plant, but also learning, you know, and seeing what this plant can be used for. So it was great to sit down and talk to her. Um, thing that happened at NOCO, uh, I was, you know, uh, Ken Elliott was out there and he's like, Eric, come with me. We're going to have a meeting. And we sat down with a bunch of people and started this discussion about a trade alliance, which right. like, I, I, I felt like I was witnessing history that morning. You know, <laughs> it's like, um, and I love that IND hemp is, is not in this to like compete with everybody, but wants to bring everybody in and sort of like raise all boats, that sort of thing. And then this summer out in Montana, they had a hemp summit and there was further discussion of this, um, trade alliance and it's, it's growing. And so that to me is encouraging. 
Um, let's see. Who else have I talked to this year? I've talked to a lot of them. Um, yeah. It's it's hard to keep up with, right? Yeah, a lot of great conversations about um, regenerative agriculture because that mm-hmm. has to be part of the conversation, right? You know, we can't just plant hemp the way we've been planting corn and soy. You know, it's not about chemical inputs. It's got to be, we have to be taking care of our soil because, you know, I think we all know now that good soil leads to good crops, leads to healthy people and products, you know, there's so much life in the soil and we can't be zapping, zapping it with, you know, the pesticides and uh, herbicides. So I love to see that regenerative agriculture is almost always part of the conversation around hemp. Yeah. And it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? That, that um, there's also this kind of internal <clears throat> discussion that we like, to, I like to follow and watch again from the mezzanine level. Cause I don't know what I'm talking about, but to, to see the organic versus regenerative conversation and what does that actually mean mean and i mean we use it all the time that we are focused on regenerative agriculture but you know it my definition may be different than your definition but if we're all kind of moving in the same direction i think that's another hemp is a part of that ongoing discussion that is that is being talked about within those circles within agriculture. And I'm glad to know that we've got a spot at the table. Yeah. Well, I think the folks at the Rodale Institute are really just making great strides in, in getting that message out there about regenerative organic agriculture. Uh, and they're here in Pennsylvania. So shout out to the Rodale Institute. <laughs> um, so the other exciting thing was the, uh, the hemp Crete, you know, being approved for in the ICC codes. Yeah, I think, you know, that's huge that, uh, I mean, it's not, I don't really understand how it works, but it's in the code. So let's say a builder now has that, that option to offer that to, uh, right. The clients. So yeah, that's great. I'd like to see a whole lot if more the, concrete being built. No doubt. And I think if the fact, right. So the, the, the real great challenge that will be coming up, not challenge as in problem challenge, just means challenge. We got to start working on it more and more is the, um, uh, the adoption of those codes by those individual counties, townships, mm-hmm. cities, parishes, right? Because the, the fact that the, that that it's in the code now, or will be in January, uh, it, which is an appendices to the code for sustainable building material, um, and and uh, uh, Jacob Waddell would be way smarter than just talk about it in detail more than I, but. So the county still has to adopt those updates into their code. And and or if you're in the state of Florida, for example, they got one statewide building commission that takes care of the whole state in one vote. OK, mm-hmm. and then you're done, which is incredibly efficient. OK, but if you go to uh, other places across the country, you got to do it municipality by municipality, by county, by, you know, area. And um, it's just going to take time to do it. But but. Uh, it gives us an opportunity for more education, for more people to learn about it. So Absolutely. I think that's a huge piece for 2022. Yeah. Um, something else from this past year that uh, I'd love to see, yeah, sort of witness was the the variety trials um, put on by the Global Hemp Association and uh, South Bend Industrial Hemp in Kansas. Um, you know, because we, we need so much research done about what varieties are going to grow best where. So I know there's lots of universities doing that work, too. Um, so. I think that's all positive movement. Um, I think there's been a lot of interesting things happening from 
I don't want to say marketing, but from, uh, you know, getting the message out there, you know, I've been talking to some folks who are making a, a documentary film series about, uh, yes. about industrial hemp. Um, they, they came through here, Pennsylvania, a few months ago. Um, the, the group is called Sunflower. They, they're a filmmaking company, and they're making a documentary called One Plant. And uh, they're working on their first sort of pilot episode now. And um, if all goes well, we should see that in the, in the spring. So yes. That's great. We were glad to have Jordan on as, as uh, one of our podcast guests. Oh, good. Okay. We're about yeah. that. Absolutely. We're following it. We think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, another positive thing this year were the USDA climate smart commodity grants, you know, like yeah. they just dumped a bunch of money into <laughs> agriculture, which is great. Um, I would have loved to have seen more hemp projects in there, but there was a handful. Yes, so uh, we'll mark that up as progress. So that's good. Um, what else? What else have I seen? Um, just the whole discussion of bioplastics and, you know, getting, uh, automobile companies into using hemp, uh, which they're very interested in. And, you know, in other countries, they're, they're doing that and it's starting to happen here, but what they need is a guaranteed supply, right? Right. And, right, uh, we're, right. Not, which is, we're not quite there yet. Not um, quite there yet, but, but knowing that there, there is light at the end of the tunnel for opportunities like that are certainly things that, that make us excited, right? Yeah. For, for things that we've done too, no doubt. Right. Um, this past week, I was just at the Pennsylvania Hemp Summit, and uh, two of the main themes there uh, for you know what we need in Pennsylvania, um, we need sensible, common sense regulation around hemp. Um, you know, we we should be able to feed it to livestock. You know, I know there's people working on that, and the other thing we need here is more investment in the infrastructure. You know, if we can get. Um, you know, public-private partnerships to invest in the infrastructure. I think we're gonna we're gonna see great strides. So that's good stuff. Um, and the other thing, I mean, you you know all about it. It's the renewable natural gas. Like there that's we go. Amazing. I'm that's glad amazing. I made your list. I'm glad yeah, we you made, made the cut. list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's incredible. There's just so much like positive movement. Um, and maybe not all the stories in hemp are positive. You know. Um, it's that like the Delta eight conversation and those, right. you know, like the, the different THC, I don't know, not even sure how they, how, how they make that, but it seems like there's been some, some safety issues around that. You know, it's like, there's a, a loophole in, in the laws and it allowed for people to use their excess hemp. You know, I think it's all from 2019, all the CBD hemp. They're like, Oh, let's turn it into Delta eight and get that out on this, weird is it a black market is it a gray market yeah right. it's and it's uh i think it's 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 sort of working against the message of hemp that so many people have been working on for years you know like hemp right. isn't marijuana it's not going to get you high but whoop, here it is it's doing it yes and, i think it definitely plays into the policy makers and into the things like the farm bill coming up where they go uh-huh we told yeah. you we told you you boys were coming up to something sneaky and now you've gone around and found this loophole and so it, it it's so having to having to explain what somebody else did that we didn't have any desire to do when we you know when the advocates were talking about changing and making things in the farm bill that makes it even you know uh it's just i think we have to chalk up some of that stuff to the overall maturation of the industry right and when we're starting to say 
All right, here's the cannabis plant. Now we're going to divide it. Number one, marijuana is over on this side and and, and uh, hemp is on the other side. Okay, now we kind of learn a little bit, then we all kind of think and it starts to move a little bit more. And then we go, oh, with on, the, with on the hemp side, on the industrial hemp side, oh, by the way, here's the cannabinoid pieces and here's the grain and fiber pieces to that. I mean... It, it it is a I think that's a maturation process that we're all kind of getting to a place to understand you know where where are we ultimately going to land yes. as far as an industry itself goes you know there's a difference between a mortgage broker and a mortgage banker okay but both of them deal with mortgages and and so uh, it took a while for all of that kind of advocacy industry groups to kind of settle and what that means and and what it means to be able to advocate for their particular position. And I, I think there's things like that. I mean, you know, yeah. there are general contractors and there are home builders. And then there are, you know, so there can be differences that are going on within a greater industry that we care about what happens to the other. But as far as me and my house and what we're doing, we're kind of focused on this path instead of that path. And I think yeah. it's just time. Some nuance. Yeah. I mean, I sort of get the sense that my opinion about this is possibly unpopular, but I really think mm, industrial hemp, grain and fiber should be in the one bucket and floral cannabinoid marijuana should be in another bucket, right? Yeah. Like maybe it just handle all the medicinal cannabis together, right? It just seems like it all like from a growing perspective, you know, like what the plants look like, just that could be one separate thing rather than high THC marijuana uh, cannabinoid hemp and then industrial hemp is it's maybe too too confusing for people yeah yeah i mean if 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 you could have a high thc plant maybe that'd be a cool thing for geneticists that the plant grew red leaves instead of green leaves and you could look at it i mean but think about it as well too from the from the regulator standpoint i mean you had states that said ah uh, never mind we thought we wanted a hemp program but we don't want one anymore okay i mean that, that i think that is a uh, is an interesting shift to that. I think the amount of work, like you talked about at USDA, but not specifically what Bill Richmond and his folks are doing, you know, um, at AMS and uh, bringing on more staff and bringing more people to get the licensure stuff done. I mean, state regulating people who have not necessarily had a background in regulating hemp, uh, but but um now have found themselves in that role kind of what do i do for a living and how do we work this within our state's version i mean all of these things are are, are moving forward but it's a, what i would call a general maturation process do you think mm -hmm. that's right that sounds about right yeah, yeah. i mean um, with that hemp exemption that some folks are trying to get through or get in the farm bill it's like some states are against it you know like i was i just interviewed the uh, commissioner of agriculture from kentucky uh dr ryan quarles right mm -hmm. and kentucky is at this point against this hemp exemption uh because they think it's going to be a way for people to grow marijuana on their farms right and but if you look at what fiber plants look like and grain plants look like you're not going to like sneak in some pot plants there <laughs> well but if you're growing cbd you certainly could do that you know it just seems like there it's an inconsistent message on some of these folks like right. they don't they don't really know what they're talking about or they're willfully uh, confusing things
Yeah, and and so there are groups, you know, of folks, things like the Value the Seed uh, program mm-hmm. that is really about you know, the conversation about certified seed and what does that mean? If you get it certified and you've done that, then haven't we, you know, but that takes time and I, I, I get it. I mean, about part of that. I mean, we think Value the Seed is the ultimate right pathway to be able to go because there are too many regulators that are going to have that position and is it kind of tilting at windmills, but at the same time, if you don't tilt at some windmills, so I mean, I get it, all right? I mean, so we're all just trying to kind of figure the thing out. So that's really cool. Well, let's turn a little bit to think about your crystal ball for next year. I mean, what are some things that are, that are on your, um, uh, uh, that you would say, here are Eric Herlock's three things to watch. Um, how about that? I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, three <laughs> things to watch for for next year. That uh, and we you're not all, talking about Netflix shows. You're not no, talking about like not all that. We House can't. Of that. Or whatever. We, we can't talk about when. Um, uh, 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 what's the? Um, oh, I'll think of the show in a minute when it makes its its third season. Um, coach, uh, you know the 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 soccer coach the. Uh, Oh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Right? Yeah. They're not telling us, hey, watch Ted Lasso. It's coming again. Okay. That one we're all watching for. But, but, um, so it what is such a great things? show, though? I mean, the no, first season, like I had never seen television like that before, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see more processors coming online. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, like Texas, North Carolina, out there in Colorado, California, there's a lot of stuff happening. And I'm hopeful that I get to do a little traveling again next year and go see some of these places. Um, I'm also excited about more hempcrete structures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're lucky to have Cameron McIntosh from Amerishon Cast Hemp. You know, he's a he's a, a hempcrete builder. He's here just right up the road from me in Pennsylvania here. Uh, he's so busy, projects all over the country. So, um, and he's also like, doing these workshops where he's teaching people how to use this spray applied method. And so I really, I love to see that. And I look forward to seeing more hempcrete houses out there. Heck yeah. Uh, and let's see what else, what else? Um, Third, you want you wanted three, right? I just gave I wanted you three, but if you just need to do two, uh, <laughs> that's fine. Or if you wanted to come back and do four, we won't, we won't mind about that. Okay. Well, um, I am excited to continue my own journey of exploration and just talking to people on my podcast. So if you want to come back and listen to my show for uh, the third one, I'll, uh, I'll talk about plug that. it. All yeah, right. Well, plug it now. Plug that's, it a, that's a great segue into part of that too. I, I guess what you're saying is watching the industry continue to grow and to do well and finding more people who have, who have, uh, had their eyes open to the potential and the possibility of what it can be from a various different groups uh, kind of coming on and wanting to be a part of the hemp industry is, is I'm putting words in your mouth, but you uh, are, and you're doing a good job. Okay. Um, well, I would like to say that I, I come back to this idea that hemp is, you know, it's got something for everybody. And from a political standpoint, it's nonpartisan or it's bipartisan. Like, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You can look at industrial hemp and be like, yeah, we need to do this here in the United States. You know, we want to, we want to, for a lack of a better term, we want to make America great. We want to use hemp to do that. We want to rebuild. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm just excited about the whole industry, um, which is surprising because, you know, it's been over four years now and I still find things to be excited about. 
Um, whereas a lot of things in my life, you know, three years, I sort of get bored with it. But no, I <laughs> it's a new day every day. All every right. So day. tell us how our listeners, if they want to listen to a real live, really cool, good podcast like yours or to connect with you, what is the best place for them to find you and the podcast? All right. Well, I will say that if they want to find a good podcast to listen to, they're already listening to one if they're hearing this now. I will take that. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, so uh, at LancasterFarming.com is where we publish, you know, the, the episode, but it also goes out to, you know, the usual suspects of podcast platforms. You can go to your your Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, you know, there's we, we send it out to a ton of them. So if you go to your phone, whatever podcast app you're using, search hemp, you'll see us there. Um, usually come up pretty early. Yeah. In, the, in the search results. So that's good. Um, was there something else to your question? Well, how, how do we get in so touch that, with me? Yeah, how do we talk to, how do we talk to Eric? Cause maybe there are some of our listeners that would like to, uh, uh, let you know more about what they are doing. I the- would love that. I'm always looking for people to talk to ideas to build shows around, just curious about what's happening in the industry. So um, you can send an email directly to me. You can send it to podcast at LancasterFarming.com. Easy enough, right? Um, there you go. And that's not going to go to the wheat podcasters, are there, to, or to somebody else within Lancaster or, or uh, um, it's you're the lone podcast. It's actually to at just an alias. It comes right to me. <laughs> That's terrific. That's terrific. Eric Herlock, we always enjoy talking with you and and hearing your insights about what's going on with the industry. Thank you for what you do to advance the industry and and, uh, the time that you put in to letting more and more people know about what's going on. Thank you for allowing our renewable natural gas uh, efforts that we're doing at the uh, uh, co-op to make your list. Okay. Not just because you're placating to the host, but, but just because I know that it's something that you, uh, uh truly have followed and, and kept it's a real on. opportunity. So, and, uh, yeah, it's exciting. So we, we appreciate um, that. Well, thanks for having me here today, Nick. Appreciate it. Always great to talk to you. Thank you, man. And if you folks want to know more about, um, the national hemp growers cooperatives, uh, commitment to building wealth for our members through regenerative agriculture and sustainable development. You can go check out our website at nationalhempcoop.us and not only hear past episodes, but learn more about the good things that we're doing as well. Eric Herlock, thank you again. Until next time. All right. Thank you. This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.